Good morning, Fusion Church. Can you guys hear me all right? All right, I'm having some technical difficulties this morning, so I'm gonna do the best that I can. This morning we are in 1 Samuel 3. 1 Samuel 3. Um, missed you guys last week. I took the family away on vacation. Um, but I'm glad to be back. So happy to be back. So 1 Samuel 3, we're going to talk about Samuel getting his call from the Lord. Um, so let's pray. And we're going to jump right into it. Oh, Father, we love you. We just thank you for, for who you are and, and what you're doing in our lives, Father. We thank you for your word that we have the, the privilege. We have the, the opportunity just to dig into your word, Lord God, and just learn more about you, Father. So be with us during this time. Speak to us, Lord. And we just, we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So 1 Samuel 3, and I am reading from the New King James Version. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow dim, that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, but the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will take. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall be atoned for by sacrifice, excuse me, shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word of the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also, if you hide anything from me, all the things that he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, stretch, get you some coffee. 
It says the, the boy ministered to the Lord, verse one. It's the third time that it's emphasized that Samuel ministered to the Lord. We also read about that in chapter 2, 11 and uh, 2, 18. And this is just as Aaron and his sons did at their consecration as priests in Exodus 29. And also we'll read in the New Testament that Paul and Barnabas did before they were sent out as missionaries. Read about that in Acts 13. Um, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. The only um, word of the Lord that we read of is in the, in the first two chapters of 1 Samuel. It's the word of judgment um, brought by the man of God against Eli. God didn't often speak, but when he did at this time, it was usually a word of judgment because Israel was messing up, right? And we've been reading about that, and we're going to continue to read about that. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days because of the hardness of the heart of the people of Israel and the corruption that was found in the priesthood. You know, listen, God will speak. God will guide when his people seek him. And when his ministers serve, uh, seek to serve him diligently. Right. It starts from the top. Eli, as the high priest, he allowed his sons to do to, 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 to commit sin. And he did nothing about it. He did absolutely nothing about it. You know, so he allowed sin to take place. And so since he allowed it, there was going to be judgment that was going to come. And it says that his eyes were dim, so he could not see, you know, and this, and this was both both spiritually and physically for Eli. And it talks about in verse three, before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord. This is just a figure of speech, guys. Um, uh, really means before dawn. Um, but it's also suggestive of the dark spiritual times of Israel. You know, it was, it was dark times and it was going to be getting darker. Exodus 27, 21 refers to the responsibility of the priests to tend to the lamps until sunrise or before dawn. Verse three and four talks about Samuel was lying down and that the, uh, that the Lord called him. And we don't, we, we're not certain how old Samuel was at this time when he was called um, ancient Jewish tradition uh, and, and specifically uh, Jewish historian Josephus said that Samuel was probably 12 when this happens. But however old he was, the Lord spoke to Samuel and he answered, here I am. This, this leads us to believe that, that God spoke to Samuel in an audible voice, you know, instead of an inner voice, um, though we can't be for certain. But regardless, he responded, here I am, here I am. And, and, and this is a beautiful way to respond to, to God's word. It isn't that God needs to know where we are, right? But it tells God and it reminds us that we are simply before him as servants. God calls you, here I am, here I am, here I am. Has God called you, brothers and sisters? Has he, has he given you a word? What has been your response to that word? Have you run from it? I know a lot of us have. I know I did for a long, long time. I ran from it. And it isn't until we say, here I am, here I am, that we're going to have peace. Because now you're walking with the Lord, right? You're being obedient to the calling on your life. You know, Samuel is among several uh, others in the Bible who have said, who said, here I am. Whenever the Lord spoke to them, Abraham in Genesis 22, Jacob 
in Genesis 46, Moses in Exodus 3, uh, Isaiah in the book of Isaiah chapter 6, here I am, you know, and Acts 9, 10, Ananias being called by the Lord and the response was, here I am, here I am. So he goes to, he, it says he runs to Eli in verse 5 and, and, and Samuel, he was an obedient boy, right? You know, he, he was wrong in thinking that Eli spoke to him, but he was right in what he did. He came to Eli quickly because he knew Eli was blind and might need help. You know, Samuel was young. He believes his master's calling him. He knows his master's blind. So common sense dictates, hey, I'm going to go see what my man needs, you know, and he goes to check on him. The Lord spoke again. Verse six, and when, when speaking to us, God only almost always confirms his word again and again, right? And it, it's generally wrong to do something dramatic in response to a simple inner voice from the Lord, right? If God speaks, he will confirm, and often in a variety of ways. If you feel like you received the word from the Lord, one time you were praying and you have you have you felt something, you know, if you act on that one thing, you're probably gonna make a mistake. Chances are you're going to make a mistake. It is so important to not only receive a word from the Lord, but receive a confirmation from the Lord, from trusted advisors, from other God-fearing friends who you can talk to and you can say, I feel like God is speaking to me. I feel like God told me to do this. I feel like God told me to go there or go whatever it is, right? And then it is, it is the responsibility of your, your fellow believers, not just to give you the answer you want to hear. Okay. And let me just, because we all have those people, we all have those yes men in our lives, right? Every single one, right? And when you want to hear what you want to hear, you're going to go to them. But when you need to hear the truth, you know who you got to go to, right? And so it's important to know who those people are, people that you can trust to say, yes, that is a word from the Lord. Verse 7 says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Samuel, he was a godly and obedient boy, serving God wonderfully. Still, he had not yet given his heart to the Lord. See, even children raised in a godly home must be converted by the Spirit of God. Samuel was in the house of God, serving in the tabernacle with the high priest. He was where he was supposed to be, right? But it was still up to him to encounter God. It was still up to him to, to have a relationship with God. And he told, and Eli gives him advice. When you hear your name being called, say, here I am. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Right? Eli told Samuel to do a couple things. He said, make himself, he told him to make himself available for God to speak. He said, go lie down. God spoke to you, you were lying down, go back and lie down, right? Don't be presumptuous about God speaking, right? Because he told him, if he calls you, if he calls you again, you need to be in a position to hear him and then respond to when you're called. Say, speak, Lord. And then humble yourself before God and his word and tell him your servant hears. He says, go lie down. If he calls you, if he responds, you say, speak, Lord, and your servant hears you. This is the posture 
brothers and sisters, when you need to hear from the Lord. Make yourself available. Don't just be presumptuous that every single thing that you hear is the Lord speaking, because you know what? The enemy speaks too. And the enemy might be, may, may be telling you something that by, by uh, all other appearances seems to be good, but it's not of God. And when you hear the Lord speak, when you feel the Lord, you know, your servant hears you speak, Lord, I'm, I hear you. This is the posture. When, it's when, we, when we're looking for a word from God, when we have a question of the Lord and we're like, God, what do I do? Where am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to talk to? Do I take this job? Do I quit this job? Do I end this relationship? Whatever it may be, whatever it is, do I join this ministry? Do I start this ministry? Make yourself available. And when he calls you, when he speaks to you, you know, I hear you. Your servant hears you. Listen, we need to hear from God. Because your family can speak to you, your friends can speak to you, your pastors can speak to you, anybody can speak to you, and that's all fine. But their voices are nothing unless God speaks through them. Because not everyone has the best advice. Not everyone has your best intention at heart. You need to hear from God. Verse excuse me, verse 10 says, the Lord came and stood and called. And this seems to, this definitely seems to have been an audible call. And because it says the Lord stood, it may be that this was a, a, a unique appearing of the Lord. We talked about this before, a Christophany, an appearance of Jesus um, before he was born in Bethlehem. We don't know, you know, but we can, I guess we can kind of assume since it says he stood. Um, but this definitely wasn't a dream. This wasn't a state of, of, of uh, altered consciousness because it says he came and stood. So I believe this was an appearance of Jesus before him. It says, he says, both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. God will give young Samuel spectacular news. And in other places in the Old Testament, when it talks about tingling ears, it's signs of an especially severe judgment. Second Kings 21 verse 12 says, behold, <coughs> excuse me. Behold, I am bringing such calamity upon Israel and Judah that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle. Jeremiah 19.3 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring such a catastrophe on this place that whoever hears of it, his ears will tingle. Verse 13 says, For I have told him that I will judge his house. All right. So back in, in uh, uh, 1 Samuel 2, um, through the word of the man of God, Right. And we don't know exactly who that man of God, but it was, he was definitely sent by God. Eli already heard of the judgment that was going to come um, upon him and, and upon his family. And the word of um, uh, this, this word to Samuel now was a word to confirm the previous message from God. And, and it talks to us for the iniquity, which he knows because his sons made themselves vile eli knew of this iniquity from his own observation and from the reports of the people but especially because god made it known by the message of the man of god and because he didn't restrain his kids eli's responsibility to restrain his sons was not only or or even mainly because he was their father because his sons at this point they were adults 
right? So they're no no longer under Eli's authority um, as 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 uh, his kids, you know, as when they were younger. Eli's main responsibility now to restrain his sons was as their boss because he was the high priest, and they were priests under him, you know, under his supervision. However, Eli's indulgences towards his sons as a boss was no doubt connected to his prior indulgences as their parent, right? He was a weak parent, all right? Let's just, let's just be real. Eli was a weak parent. He allowed his kids to do whatever they wanted, right? He was that yes parent. Whatever they wanted, he said yes, you know? And it, it uh, progressed until they were adults and they were priests, priests set aside priests who were supposed to uphold the law you know the uphold moral character and they were doing evil in the sight of god verse 14 says the iniquity of eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever it's a terrible judgment you know in other words no matter what he does now it ain't gonna work you know it's too late the opportunity for repentance is past judgment is sealed. See, the judgment declared by the man of God in 1 Samuel 2, um, uh, 27 through 36, was probably a warning inviting repentance. But because there was no repentance, God confirmed the word of judgment through Samuel. Or maybe Eli um, pleaded that God would withhold his judgment. And this was God's answer to the pleading. You know, do, do, do we ever come to a place? where our sin can't be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Only if we reject the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. Hebrews 10, 26 says, for if we sin willfully, listen, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no long, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. If we willfully sin, We've been atoned for, we've been saved, right? But we're still willfully committing sin. It says there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. You will be held accountable for those sins. You will be held accountable. So if you find yourself committing the same sins over and over, whatever, whatever it may be, there, you, you still have the opportunity, the chance to, to repent ask for forgiveness, right? And move on. But too often, you know, we, 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 we commit sin over and over and over again and think that we're, we're not going to be held accountable. We will be held accountable. Us, especially as Christ believers, Christ followers, right? We are held to a higher standard. And let me, let me go even further. The, the, uh, the deeper you get into this relationship, the more responsibility you get, you become a leader of the church. You're leading a small group. You're leading a connect group. You're leading a team, right? You get to, you know, you 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 get higher and higher, right? If if there was a hierarchy within the church, you know, uh, per se, um, and there's not, but um, as you get higher and higher, the bigger the responsibility. Elders who are on this call, they understand the level of responsibility that is placed upon them. Pastors, we understand the level of responsibility and how we're going to be held even to, even more accountable 
All right. Our lead pastor, Pastor Brendan, the mantle of responsibility on us that's on his shoulders, right? It's huge. Eli failed as the spiritual head of Israel. He was responsible. And because he failed, his kids failed, and then Israel was failing. And now we're reading that is that, that Eli's family is going to be judged because of his failure. So it says in, in, in verse 15, Samuel lay down until morning. And, and, you know, listen, he didn't sleep, right? He received word from the, from the Lord. If you've ever been in that, in, in that position where you receive a word from God, like you're just, you're stewing on that for a minute, you know? And, and so we were seeing a young Samuel laying on his bed, his ears tingling at the message from God, wondering how he could ever tell Eli such a powerful word of judgment. Listen, this is a 12-year-old boy. He's got to go tell the high priest, confirm to the high priest that he's going to be judged for his, for, for his son's wickedness. And it says Samuel was afraid to tell Eli. So in the morning, Eli wakes up. Samuel, my son, he calls him. And um, listen, Eli was not a good boss or a good parent to his children, Hophni and Phineas. He was a horrible parent, right? But Samuel uh, had come to him and was like his second chance. And he did a way better job of raising Samuel than he did his own sons. What is it the word that, uh, the, what is it the word that the Lord spoke to you? Eli had an idea of what the message of God to Samuel was, right? He'd been high priest for a while. And he took the initiative to ask Samuel, knowing that it was going to be difficult for this young boy to tell him. And he made it clear to Samuel he had the responsibility to bring the message, even if it was bad news. And he told them, God do so to you and more also. If he didn't tell him the truth. So now he was motivated to tell him everything. And Eli was willing to listen and to be taught by an unexpected source. He wanted to hear the bad news of his condition and he wanted to hear all of God's message, even though Eli had been doing wrong for so long and not really doing wrong, but allowing wrong for so long, he still wanted to receive a word from God. And so Samuel told him everything. How hard would it, what must it have been to bring that word of judgment to, to your mentor, right? The guy who's teaching you and raising you. You know, how hard is it for some of us when we have to confront sin? We have to confront somebody within our own, our own sphere of influence, our friends, our family. You know, the word, the Lord gives us a word about, you know, or, or brings to our attention something that's taking place. And we need to confront that. How hard is that? You know, there may be few with hard hearts. Like, think about Jonah, right? Jonah, you know, he, he, he was more than happy to announce judgment on Nineveh, Nineveh, right? He was more than happy to do that, you know? But most people find that difficult. Yeah, it's always the responsibility of God's messenger to bring everything that God says, not just the kind words, right? If you are following someone, you know, that you're following one of these YouTube preachers, right? And all they ever do is preach about the good and this and that and prosperity and all this other stuff, but they're never speaking the truth, even when it hurts. 
might be time to unsubscribe, unfollow. Because let me tell you something, if all, all you're hearing is good, 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 you're being preached a false gospel. Sometimes we need to speak the truth. Sometimes we need to hear the truth, even if it is bad. It says, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. It's hard to know if Eli's response was, a, was godly or depressing, right? Because he, he recognizes what's from God. We should always submit to God's conviction. Yet this submission is not totally passive. It is also active and, re and repentance. It's almost as if like he's accepting and he's, he's repenting finally for his sin. Verse 19 says the Lord was with him. Listen, nothing compares to knowing that the Lord is with you. Nothing compares to that. To have and to know that you have the Lord with you, the God of the universe, the God who always was, always will be, you know, the beginning and the last, the alpha and omega, to know that he is with you. Nothing compares to that. And we can know that God is with us. Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Now, we can have a whole lot of people against us, but who's going to be able to stand against us? Nobody. Nobody can stand against us. No person, no principality, nobody. Nobody can stand against us. We have the assurance that the Lord is with us. It says, let none of his words fall to the ground. This means that all of Samuel's prophecies came to pass and were known to be the true words from God. The true words from God. All Israel, verse 20, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. So since the days of Moses, some 400 years uh, before Samuel, there weren't many prophets in Israel. And certainly no, there was no great prophets. But at this important time in Israel's history, God raised Samuel as a prophet. And, and, and coming in, in, in this place in Israel's history, Samuel is rightly seen as Israel's last judge and Israel's first prophet. He bridges that gap. And he bridges that gap between the judges and, and, and the time of the monarchs that's about to come, right? And we're going to read this, you know, here, soon, you know, really, really soon, you know, about how Israel calls for a king. And so Samuel, he's in the middle of all this, all this stuff, right? And in the time of the monarchy, now is when the prophets are going to really start coming. We're going to read here soon about the prophets Nathan and Elijah and even Isaiah, you know, and how they're going to influence the nation. It says from Dan to Beersheba, I told you guys a couple of weeks ago that um, Dan, from Dan to Beersheba, Dan is the northernmost city in Israel. Beersheba is the southernmost city in Israel. So whenever you read in the Bible from Dan to Beersheba, it means all of Israel. Okay, this does not just affect one tribe or, you know, one family, all of Israel knew, all of Israel, that Samuel was the prophet. And it says the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Um, when did he first appear in Shiloh? Well, we know he appeared in 1 Samuel 3.10. And now in some undescribed way, the Lord appeared again. And the Lord revealed himself. By the word of the Lord, God reveals himself by his word, brothers and sisters. 
that Bible that you have in front of you. That is the word of God. That is the, don't take that lightly. Don't take it as some, some book that's, that was written over the course of thousands of years and, and some dudes in a monastery just threw together. And now we believe that now it's just a, a cool history book. No, that is the word of God. The Lord spoke those words. The Lord, yes, men wrote it, but it was by divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit that the word was written. Do not take it lightly because the Lord still speaks through his word today. That's why we do this soap, brothers and sisters. We've been recording this for, what is it, Doug, going on three years now? Something like that, you know, because every single day we can receive a word that's right, Nicole. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Talking about Jesus. The same yesterday, today, and forever. This is the true word of God and he still speaks. Okay, so if you are just opening up your Bible, 6 a.m. Monday through Friday, we got a problem. You need to be reading your word more than just at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. You need to open up your word throughout the day. If you need to get you a Bible and put a Bible in every single room in your house so you can just pick it up at any time. I got a Bible in my car, you know, like. You need to always have that word of God with you. So at any point you can open up, you can read and receive a fresh word from God. Because whenever God is moving, he will receive, He will, will reveal himself by his word. And I know it's hard for some people. It's difficult for some, for, for some of us to, to, to get into the word and to understand the word, right? Well, then find you a translation that you can understand. And if you're having difficulty, find one of us, find one of the elders, one of the leaders, one of the pastors and talk to them. Like I'm having difficulty with this. <laughs> Could you help me out? And we would be more than happy because the Lord wants to speak. And I can tell you too, I'm blue in the face what I feel like the Lord is, you know, has for you. But until you receive a fresh word from God yourself, then it's, it's almost as if like we are facilitating your relationship with God. And that's not what Jesus came to die for. Jesus came to, to bridge that gap between us and the father and we could go to him ourselves. And the first step is to dig into his word and receive that fresh word from God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that your Holy Spirit inspired and, and, and is there for us. And we can open it up at any time, Father. Thank you that we don't live in a country that we have to hide your word. That we can openly display it and we can read from it and we can gain insight, knowledge, revelation from you. Father, we praise you for this, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters as they go about their day, Lord. Continue to speak to them. Bring to remembrance things that we've read today, things we've read in the past few weeks, Father. New nuggets, new truths that they can, they, they, they can glean from your word, Lord God, so that they can become closer and closer to you, Father. I thank you for them. We just continue to give you praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, guys. Love y'all. I'll see you again next week. God bless.